Darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. And I, just as we were worshiping, worshiping this morning, I just felt like the Lord was also saying, a broken and contrite spirit I will not despise. And just sensing that um, the arising is coming, but it's coming to broken and contrite hearts. It's coming through humility, and it's coming through reverence uh, for the Lord. And so in these times um, of isolation, you know, God has been teaching us to press in, to press in in prayer, to press in in endurance, to press in in worship. And so in these times, more and more, he's calling us to be the priesthood of believers, not to not to watch, not to 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 take in as a as an audience, not um, to have some people perform and others uh, take it in, but that each of us is a sacrifice of praise before the Lord. So um, just to encourage you this morning. It was it was um, outstanding to me as I thought about coming to the house of the Lord. All of us really want to be back together to worship. I was glad, David said, when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about how actually the Jewish people only gathered at the house of the Lord like five times a year. And that usually they worshiped in their homes with their families. Uh, in, in that context. And that's why the gospel was able to take hold. When the gospel came to them, they knew how to worship. They knew how to, to have fellowship and communion with the Father in a new way. And it took hold and it spread like a wildfire. So God, I just, wanna, I just want to uh, dedicate this time, however long this time uh, is going to be, of us being uh, separated from one another physically, but joined to you by the Spirit in our homes. And God, I pray that you would sanctify us, and I pray that we would submit intentionally to being sanctified, and that we, God, would press into your purposes in this time to be made holy, to be made into the image of Christ because that's what you're about. That's what you are doing is conforming us to the image of your son. So we give you thanks. We give you praise. We thank you that you, by your Holy Spirit, have everything you need to do that and that we have everything we need by Jesus Christ. We thank you. where um, silence is a big part of our corporate worship. But I think God is really calling us, uh, calling us deeper and calling us to, um, to just listen and just learn to be with him and, and, uh, and in ways that honor him.
thanks Suzanne for leading and worship and doing the echoes and everything. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. So um, if you have if you have something that um, we'll just open it now. If there's something that you heard that and just you know you ask the Lord, is this for now? Is this for everyone? Yes or no? If you have something that you feel like the Lord wants you to share, just unmute and um, you can share it this time. Spirit being poured out? Yeah, Isaiah 60. Can you read that two-verse portion again? Yeah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. During that, during the time of prayer, I just felt God, I thought I felt God saying, I'm lifting my people up. And I, I think he, that's all I heard, but I think he, he meant out of the darkness. So. That's what I've got. Thanks, Trav. Yeah. Verse 3 in Isaiah 60, just following what Sue read, was, And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So, like Michael said, lights attract them. But, but that, I just wanted to add that, that verse, because it kind of fit with what Travis said and what Michael was saying, um, that the light will come, and that it will be attractive to the nations.
Amen. Anyone else? You gonna say something, Marcus? Marcus? Uh, yeah. Um, I want to confirm what uh, Travis had uh, said there. Um, God is lifting us up. Um, since we've been cast into this dilemma that has still uh, prohibited us from, in many different ways from being who we are, what we are, expressing uh, our love to God the way we do in many different ways, uh, that is the spirit of darkness. Uh, this medical socialism has swept the whole planet in one moment, and uh, it happened overnight. And uh, the results of it have been devastating uh, and have tried to literally put out the light of the church. And yet, at the same token, in the Bible, when we read prophecy, and it, it says, in that day, in that day, in that day, in that day, over and over and over, whenever you see it written, and in that day, it's talking about this day we're living in, right at the end, end of time. And so as gross darkness sweeps over the planet and we don't know everything that is about to happen or is about to come to pass, but God does. He's still the captain of our ship. He's still um, the boss. He's the boss of what goes on, what he allows, what he disallows, and we're in the boat. We're the disciples still in the boat. And we forget that we're in the boat in this crisis. We're in the boat in the gross darkness that has swept over this planet. And like Travis said, arise and shine. God is lifting us up. And in the last three months, I have never in my life felt the kind of anointing, the kind of power that I have had in my personal fellowship with the Lord, the intimacy that I have had, it has triple-folded since worship time when we used to meet in downtown in Harvest Church building itself. And so God is lifting us up, and our confession should continually be, God, you are lifting us up. We are becoming exactly who you destined us to be in this hour, in this hour right now in the gross hour of darkness the light gets brighter it doesn't get dimmer it gets brighter and so we will see god will guide us he, he's the guide so there you have it i i really felt the lord was saying we're being lifted up i felt a, an elevated feeling happening as i was sitting here in my chair i felt an elevated feeling you know, God's lifting us up in this booby trap that the devil's trying to throw. You know, this big net that the devil's trying to throw over the planet. You know, the beast system. We're seeing it rise up and trying to take things over, right? And yet God, God is uh, God is still God. We are not without. We are with more. With God. And he's going to prove it. He's going to prove it. And he is proving it. So there you have it. Another part of that story with the disciples in the boat is a big part of that story was not to fear and to trust God would get them out of that storm. And uh, I, uh, I was, something was holding me back from saying what I said in, 
at first because I had some fear of if if it wasn't right or something, but I uh, trusted the right spirit in, to, in saying something. Hallelujah. Um, um, as Travis was saying, uh, uh, Second Chronicles, we all know this one, Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. But just before that, it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And you know, no matter what pestilence, what problem that we're going through we just need to trust on God we need to hope in him and yes through this pandemic time being not being able to meet with people freely God has just been such a blessing and if we draw nigh to him if we draw closer to him he's promised to always be with us and I just want to thank him that through this time, there's always things that he's going to teach us if we draw near to him, and if we read the word of God. I just want to thank him so much because he has opened so many doors to us. We just have to walk through them. And I ask the Lord for obedience because I really need that to step through the doors that he puts before my feet. And I want to thank him just his loving kindness. Thank you. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful, Brenda. It's beautiful. One of the things I think that is so rich about this time and and this format, even though we can't we can't get all of all of us on, not everybody has the technology. Is, is this ability to share, you know, because there's, there is the wisdom and maturity of God in the body, and it takes the whole manifold presence of God in all of us and his variety to express, you know, what he's, what he's doing and what he's, what he's like. So this is rich. I don't want to say it's my, it's not a fear, but Bruce and I and uh, Suzanne and most of you, I think, are very aware that when we do get back together, we don't want to go back to whatever, just doing whatever we did before. Do you know what I mean by that? It's it's not just it's not just to get back to whatever old normal was. It's you know like like <clears throat> Mark is saying, I've gone up you know three hundred percent in my relationship with God. So um, when just be in prayer about what this will look like when it is when it is time for us to gather, um, how do we obey just to follow and obey the voice of the Lord and um, to go into the new? Because remember, we 
we had that word, I'm doing a new thing. And this has been a pretty big new thing. And we want to be uh, effective as the body of Christ to go where the head is going, right? So you can be praying about that. Anyone else? Yeah, just kind of along the same lines as everybody else has been talking. Um, this last week I felt kind of like a fulfillment for me of that like promise. I had also felt before the um, year, like that word, we're going to do a new thing, had been like a word that Trinity had been going through since September. Um, and then just with like what you're talking, or what people have been talking about, like drawing near to the Lord and like times of silence and solitude, I just really felt that like as a strong presence on my like life this last week. And so I just kind of like cut out a bunch of different distractions that had been like sort of present in my life and just like dedicated, like I've been just taking like a lot of time doing centering prayer and just like dedicating a lot of time to just like coming before the presence of the Lord. And just like in that, I felt that sort of lift up and just like a lot of anxiety or different fears that I've been experiencing through school. I just like really kind of come away. And so just as we've been like talking about like lifting, like God lifting us up in this time, is like when we're like coming before the Lord and like spending that increased amount of time, like just being present with him and being silent and listening. And then even as we like come back together, like ensuring that we don't like get rid of those like periods of silence and solitude and coming before him. Just, yeah, that's been very fruitful in my life just this last week and just with everybody's saying so. Amen. Jacob, bless you, brother. And you referred to centering prayer, and you kind of you kind of defined it in what you were saying, but for those people who haven't maybe heard that term before, do you want to just explain a little bit, a little, you know, what you're talking about there? Yeah, well, basically, my experience of it has just been um, taking time, sort of like, kind of like a meditative sort of thing. We're just like focusing kind of just on the silence. And then what my practice would be is just as kind of thoughts come to my mind, just like allowing those like thoughts just to like surrender them to the Lord and just sort of rest in his presence and like get to a point where I'm like trying to just, you know, be before the Lord. And so not like thinking of distractions, but just like focusing on his love and his peace and just sort of spending that like silence and solitude time for him. That is awesome. Thank you. And I, I think it's, um, Lord, that's from a, it's from a Quaker term, isn't it? Yeah, it's from the Quaker movement. And uh, it's, uh, they, they had a, a lot, they, they didn't move unless the spirit moved them. <laughs> and that's what they would, they would center down and, and speak and move as the spirit moved them. So I think this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So God is really bringing us back to, to the basics, to dependence on him. Hallelujah. Anyone else? I had a, and we had our discussion of faith. I said, everyone has a measure of faith. But we, it's like a three-legged stool. We, we, we have faith. But we try to stabilize the, that stool with our own two legs and our whole intellect, our whole understanding. And I said, true faith can only come, will only come 
when that self dies, it's trying to stabilize, and we put our total trust in God. And I, I'm making the statement or, or sharing right now because the, the whole concept that God is at present doing a work, I believe that's the center of this work, of letting go of, of so much that we think we've understood, think we know, and, and letting go in order to trust God going forward in, in so much of what we, we, we need to be in that position to go forward with God. Thanks, John. Yes, Terry Joe. I was trying to see who was speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm doing an, uh, two Bible studies right now, which is good for me. Because I need to be really near to the Lord. And um, the lesson that we were concentrating on last week was uh, repentance and, uh, and confession to fellow believers to enjoy that freedom to be to, 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 to not be enslaved anymore by uh, negative thoughts and sins and moods etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, one of the lessons said that when you when I pray if I don't know what to pray for just be quiet and ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for me and I've been doing that, and it has been marvelous. Um, Glenn and I have had a long and twisted journey in life with uh, not having to figure out what to say to God, just to be silent and listen. It's a new skill for me. Thank you, saints. We love you, Terry Joe. <clears throat> How's your back doing, by the way? It's a pain in the you know what, but it's gonna get better. Okay. <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna pray. So yeah. I was Bruce? talking to Steve, um, and uh, he he said something really interesting. Or actually, it might have been on the on the sermon that he sent, and it was. He felt that God said to him, you know, Steve, I know you love me, but now I want you to trust me. And I think he's calling us to a new new level of trust. John, I think John was speaking to that. And Terry, Joe, on a, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to so badly go see Jack in the hospital. And I, I wanted to share Jesus with him, but it, it, it didn't work out. I wasn't allowed to go in. So... As we all have been doing, we've all been praying for Jack, and uh, and God God answered that prayer. But, but yesterday, God said to me, "They need some, they need something to eat today." And I go, "God, what do, what do I take them?" And He goes, "Pizza. I want you to take pizza." So I uh, I went and, and bought a gift card, 
and I put it in a card and I taped it to their door. And it was all the Holy Spirit. I'm not taking any of this on myself because it was God that was saying to me, do this. And but shortly after I did that, that Carol Carol called and said uh, that she she had a chance to share Jesus with Jack, which just was shattering. And then uh, then she said, and and uh, my son just said we want to have pizza tonight. So so they got home and found the card in the door with uh, pizza card in it. Praise God. He works. Uh, he works in mysterious ways. Bless you all. This is, uh, you know, I, I had a pastor one time that was sharing a sermon in a huge church, huge church, and he said, the best, the best service I'm in is the one I'm in right now. This is, this is incredible what God is doing in our midst. He's been doing it. The last four or five times that we've gathered together, there's prophetic that has been phenomenal, and uh, it, it's just amazing. So bless you all. Bless you all for listening to God and responding when he, when he uh, wants you to respond. Bless you, Bruce. God always uses you wherever you are. You're a wonderful man of God. We appreciate you. Bless you. That is kingdom. That is kingdom, family. Because when one rejoices, we all rejoice. And when one mourns, we all mourn. And that's kingdom. That's the body. Hallelujah. So for those who hadn't heard before, yeah, Jack, our, a big answer to prayer. Jack came into the kingdom yesterday, Carol's husband. So we just bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. If we're going to go to prayer, <clears throat> and then we're going to have communion. If you if you weren't prepared to do communion, you can maybe dash out and uh, grab some bread and juice or whatever you've got. And um, we're going to, Gord's going to lead us in communion this morning. Um, I thank you, Lord God, that even in this time where it is, it feels like there's so much struggling, Lord, and, uh, and we can see the darkness, Father, that your people wouldn't get overwhelmed. Father, I repent from um, just being so self-focused and uh, me and my stuff and easily distracted, Lord. And um, and pray, Father God, for, <laughs> for myself, Lord, and I ask for the body as well, Lord God, that we would turn and fix our eyes on you. Fix our eyes on you, Jesus. I thank you for this period of Lent. Uh, of this time of focused on you and what you did for us on the cross. And, and it was for the joy that was set before you, Lord God, that you, you faced that cross, Lord Jesus, and God, you thought about us. And, and Lord, that we would find full freedom in you. I thank you for the encouragement of being silent. And I ask for your grace, Lord God, to, um, for each of us to be silent before you, Lord, in the next coming weeks, to hear your voice clearer and sharper, Lord. I thank you for your mercy and for your grace, Lord. And Father, I lift up destiny to you, Lord, and I thank you, Father God. She just had her 10th birthday 
Father, that you would bring healing to her body, Father. I pray that she would hear you clearly, Lord, that she, you would visit her in a way that she can hear and, and experience, Lord, and, and we pray for a compassion to all those symptoms in Jesus' name, Father, that you would bring Trish hope mm-hmm. and um, for breakthrough in your family, yes, Lord God, that they would see Diane Astle his incredible sacrifice for, for us. Thank you, Lord, for things. Yeah. Um, hmm. this, uh, this might be interesting. <laughs> um, uh, we all, we often, um, for communion, we often read this passage in First Corinthians 11. Um, starts off for for what I received from the Lord, I passed on to you. Um, we don't often read the part that comes after that. Um, I just warn you ahead of time, I'm not bringing a word of judgment, <laughs> but it might sound like it at first. So I want to, I want to read what comes right after uh, and just know the Corinthian church was in a bad place. And uh, that's what Paul was addressing. But uh, it said, everything, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That's why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. Um, like I say, I'm not bringing a word of judgment. Um, and there's there's a number of reasons that people get sick and not discerning the body in communion is not probably high on the list. But... Um, just well let's read a little bit more in in the next chapter um, about the body just as a body though one has many parts this is verse 12 and 12 and 14 in chapter 12. just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with christ for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And here you're seeing a part of it on your computer screens. Um, that's, that's obvious. That's what Paul is talking about is we are the body of Christ. Um, that, you know, Discerning the body of Christ, what does that mean? But um, if God judged some people because they weren't doing it, it must be important to him. Um, I don't think it's all that complicated. It's just being aware that all these all these believers that we have contact with are are part of the body, and when we're when we're taking the the, the bread and the cup. A big part of the reason that he asked us to do that is not just to remember what he did, but also to remember that he did it for all those other people that you have contact with. And sometimes, sometimes we have people saying, you know, I love God, it's the other Christians I can't stand. And that doesn't work, because he's in each of them. So uh, just 
just a reminder that uh, as we take the bread and cup, we're we're one, um, and you know, God used the marriage relationship as a as a picture of Him and His body too. Um, we are the bride of Christ, so yeah, just just a little reminder that we are the body and that uh, we love each other. Um, so anyway, uh, take your cracker or bread or whatever. And Father, we thank you so much for what you did in sending your son to die for us, that his body was broken as the lamb of God, that we could be free from sin and we could be free from sickness too. And we just thank you so much for what you did on the cross, Jesus, that your body was broken for us so that we as your body could be whole. And we thank you and praise you. Amen. Jesus, that you care for all those people that we were praying for, for a physical touch. And there's others that need a, a mental touch in emotions and whatever. And we pray for each one, Lord, that you would do your work. Thank you. Thank you so much. As we take this juice, we're reminded of your blood flowing for us your blood that washed away our sins. And we confess all our sins to you and ask for you to continue to take them away. Uh, we thank you so much for what you did. Yeah, and we're so thankful, Lord, that we can walk in your righteousness all of our days. Amen. To me, this is truly amazing. God is showing us something new, <laughs> showing us how to Zoom church. I mean, and, and maybe some of you don't think it's the best. I'm, I'm having a great time. I got to tell you. I got to tell you, I'm having a great time. I just learned something. Don't close your eyes when you're taking communion because you might take it at the wrong time, but it's okay. I, um, what I, what I want to share is, is, is really it came, came at a time when I was feeling a little low. Let me just tell you this one thing. In, in Canada this week, Wayne Gretzky's dad died. And uh, they were doing all these accolades about him. And one story absolutely pierced me because it transfers over so well. Wayne Gretzky, they were, they were in the midst of the seventh game of the Stanley Cup, and he hadn't performed well for three or four games. And uh, I don't know if he called his dad or his dad called him, but his dad phones him up, or they're on the phone together, and he says, son, you need to put on your old skates. He'd, he'd, he'd had a new pair on, and he wasn't skating very well. 
and he scored the winning goal in that game. And I was, I was struck by the fact that our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we even know we need it. That was, that was just such an incredible example. And uh, uh, I, I was feeling coveted out, Jesus. And, I, and I, sometimes when I get to that place, I phone my friend Steve. And, he, and he, shared, he shared with me some things. And uh, he had been at a church and he had done a, a word for that church. It was, it was about an hour word. And he, he spoke out of Joshua chapter 1. And uh, he, he said a couple of things. And, and you know in your life, sometimes the word of God just pierces you. And, and I, I honestly, I couldn't let it go. The thing that he said was um, that when they were moving the ark, when the Israelites were moving the ark, and the priests were the ones who were in charge of moving the ark, it was very clear that the other people uh, had to follow behind. And it was pointed out that they had to be at a distance behind the Ark of the Covenant. I think it was a, a thousand yards, 2000 cubics or something. And I thought, God, what was that about? And my thought was, you know, we, we want to run ahead. We want to run ahead of God sometimes, but he doesn't, he doesn't want us to do that. He, 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 want, he, he wants to be in charge. Like the, the, the ark was full of the presence of God. And sometimes we, in our actions, run ahead. And inevitably, it, it, it doesn't work. So that, that pierced me. And, I, you know, and, the, and a few of the words that I took from that first chapter was crossover. Because they kept on talking about we're going to cross over the Jordan. And, and he, he warned them that they were going to cross over. And, then, and to put it into a little bit of perspective, these were the sons and the daughters of the people, of the fathers and mothers that died in the wilderness because they sinned. So they hadn't seen, they hadn't seen the parting of the Red Sea. And, and God was preparing them for that. And, and, uh, it, it, and another interesting thing, 40 years they mucked around in the wilderness, but that whole generation of people had to die. And, and uh, it was interesting, I was looking in the commentary, it was, they were there for 40 years, but it was about an 11-day trip. So you're going, oh boy, there was something going on. My wife has something to, something to share. She's got a funny look on her face. Well, Bruce was kind of mentioning that, you know, it's, as, um, as a wife of a pastor and maybe a husband of a pastor, Gordon, you might relate to this. Um, sometimes uh, they, you know, kind of test their sermon out on their spouse. And so Bruce was sharing these thoughts and I thought, you know, I wonder if they actually knew where they were going. Where did, did people actually know the location of where they were going? They, if they did, they knew it was an 11-day journey and it took them 40 years. Now, I can imagine a whole bunch of things, how spiritually they would, um, or physically, they would say, we know where we're going. We know it takes 11 days. Let's just get there. 
What do we have to do to get there? But it doesn't sound like they did. So they you, they needed to learn dependence on God. And that's, um, yeah, was there anything else you wanted me to say? I thought you were going to read your Oh, he wanted me to add the devotional that I read this morning too, because it does talk about dependence. So it starts out, let me help you through this day. The challenges you face are far too great for you to handle alone. You are keenly aware of your helplessness in the scheme of events you face. This awareness opens up a choice to doggedly go at it alone or to walk with me in humble steps of dependence. The humble steps of dependence was what I kind of hit me this morning. Actually, this choice is continually before you, but difficulties highlight the decision-making process. So consider it all joy whenever you are enveloped in various trials. These are gifts from me, reminding you to rely on me alone. What was I doing there? <laughs> I'm going to start and end the, the, the scripture that God laid in my heart was actually Joshua 3. So I'm going, to, I'm going to read that. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And I think the, I think the reason why God gave me this scripture, the, the, the prophecies... And the words that God has been giving us over, well, actually, since the, the beginning of the year, and even last year, some things, they're, they're dovetailing. <laughs> they're coming together. And when I, was, when I was thinking of that word while we were praying, all I saw was the, the dove coming down on Jesus when he was baptized. And, and like the, the word that... Suzanne Sue got uh, rebuilt. Uh, the word that uh, the two words that Trish gave, um, tearing down altars, and the altars in our lives and religion and those kind of things. And then then it was uh, miracles, 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 miracles. We are going to see miracles. Marcus's Marcus's word, uh, judgment. It was definitely judgment in that 40 years in the wilderness because they had sinned. The whole gender, generation died. And, uh, but the word that meant the most to me with what Marcus shared was purity. And uh, that Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. There's, there's, always something required of us you know there was that there was the waiting time in the wilderness but now they're going to step they're going to step into the promised land and 
God says, tell the people they need to consecrate themselves. Some of the words that uh, come up, purify is definitely one. God, God wants us to look at ourselves and there, there is, we've been talking about this for three or four years. There's a new day coming and, and it's, it is getting closer. Like th these are, these are difficult times, uh, interesting times. I mean, I, I, I have to tell you about a blessing that I had. And I know, I know in our group, there's a few different ideas about the vaccines that are floating around, but I got to be with my parents because they both had the vaccine. I got to be with them for a half an hour and I was so excited. They didn't quite get it. They didn't quite get it because mom was getting her hair done and dad had to, had to go, we had to go find some pants, but I, I hugged them so many times, but I, I, would, I was just so thankful that I could do that. Anyways, consecrate yourself, sanctify, dedicate, be hallowed, be holy, be sanctified, be separate, be separate. And that, that scripture or the, the point where I talked about, you know, not to run before God, there is, there is a period of waiting. And I, I've been criticized because Sometimes maybe I, I wait too long, but I, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to run before God. I don't want to go before him. The problems that we have most of the time are because we run ahead. It was only the priests that were allowed to be around the Ark of the Covenant. They were the only ones that were allowed to be around um, in that situation, when they were moving the ark, I mean, things have changed now in the New Testament. I mean, now we have the Holy Spirit and the presence of God indwells us. But in this case, one man reached out when the, when the ark moved and he tried to steady it. And, and he, he actually died because he did that. But there, for these new people that were overlooking the promised land, there was some things that God required of them before they could step into the land. I, I, in, the, in the commentary that I was looking at, here, here was one line about the one, you don't run before for God and, and learning to wait. It says, don't just stand there, do something. And sometimes God says, don't just do something, stand there. And it's true. It's absolutely true. What does he say in the scripture about putting on the armor of God, he says, stand firm, stand firm. All of those categories, it was stand firm, stand firm. He, uh, I don't know if I shared this already, but one of the things Steve said, oh, I think I did say it at the beginning about that God said, I want you to write. And he's, he's, uh, he's wanting us to trust him. This is, it's a new day. We're going to have to have more trust because there's going to be, I mean, just as what's happening now, there's strange things going on. I don't think it's going to get <laughs> any different. I, th I think it's, we're, go we're going to be moving into some difficult times and we're, need we're going to need to trust him. 
So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. He was preparing him. Trisha's scripture, Trisha's word, miracles, miracles, miracles. That's coming. You know, we would, you know, we would, Sue and I would say, yeah, what's going on? You know, we pray for miracles. We don't get them all the time, blah, blah, blah. But, but that's coming. It has to come with, with what we know that's coming in the world in the last days. we're, We're going to have to have miracles. It's, it's just the way it's going to be. And God is promising us those things. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. And then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. Amazing. We serve the Lord of all the earth. Set foot in the Jordan. It's waters flowing downstream where we cut off and stand up in a heap. The, the time when they were crossing the Jordan was the harvest season. The highest water of the year for the Jordan. Uh, and on, on normal times, the Jordan would be 100 yards across. It was a mile in this situation. So what what an incredible thing. God says, you are going to see amazing things tomorrow. And I, I, I believe that the prophetic that, that we've seen, God is lining these things up. He's asking us to concentrate ourselves, consecrate ourselves, to purify. Um, I, was, I was thinking about the chronological order of all the prophecies we've had. And they, they really weren't in a chronological order. But what's, what's incredible to me, it wasn't from one person. And yet they all dovetail together. Uh, uh, tearing down the altars. What happens after the altars are torn down? Need to be, we need to rebuild. And that's when they got in the promised land. They had to rebuild too. So I, 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 I just think this is, this is so much about us, like where we're at right now. Um, and I know I, I, when Sue sent out some of the words, uh, Lynn said she had one that God gave her back uh, at the beginning of the year, but she's praying into it. Do you, do you know how much I appreciate appreciate that? And I appreciate Trish. Trish 
had her word about altars being torn down, but she waited. She got the word. She waited two months before she brought it. And I, and I, and I, I think, I think those things are so, so important, but, but God is, God is definitely dovetailing them all together. And it's not about one prophet. It's about all these people bringing words together and God is bringing them together for us, for the, the, the time when the, the next step is in our promised land, I, I'm not sure. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. All the earth will go into Jordan ahead of you. Now, that, now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Can you, boy, I'd like to see that. <laughs> all those, all that new generation of people, the sons and the daughters, they were going to see that. And God wanted them to see that. I want you to see what I can do so that you will remember when you're faced with the giants in the land, I, I can take care of those people. I'm going to look after you. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to look after you. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is a flood stage all during harvest, a mile across. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from the upstream stopped flowing. You know, God asks us to get our feet wet sometimes. He asks us to do things we don't necessarily want to do. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerthan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground and in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And, and further on, I'm not going to do that part, but the 12 tribe guys each got a stone and they made, they made a, a Karen or, or what? a memorial so that people could see and be, and remember what God has done. I mean, so we all have things that we, that we remember that God has done miracles and, and uh, just so many things. And I mean, we, he wants us to remember, he wants us to remember these things. I, I don't, I don't think I quite remember one time where we had so many powerful words all at one time and how they all they've all meshed together and I, I i just want you i just want to remember you to remember that what god what god is doing and he is working in our midst i um shoot you, you guys know how much i know about technology i mean i got i gotta tell you this you know jan and i were shopping around for an ipad and thinking about it studying it and going through all these places and trying to make a decision and then we let it sit for a month and then we decided or well, whatever it was 
She said it wasn't a month, just so you know. It was probably two weeks. But anyways, we finally decide to go. There's none available anywhere, the one we wanted. <laughs> but we're going to trust. We're going to trust God. So we're still working on, on Becca's computer. But I, I, just, I just want you to remember, I mean, God, I think the, the consecration that he talks about is a thing that happens constantly in us. We're supposed to be looking at ourselves and, and uh, you know, uh, being trying to be purified and all of that. And, and, and just, just remember what he's done. Like we, we prayed for a lot of things today and I believe he's going to do a lot of things. Like I, I was, I was just, uh, I was so, so very happy when, when Carol phoned, she was so excited because uh, she got to uh, invite her husband into the kingdom. It's just just an amazing thing. So so bless you. It, it, and it was so good to be with you. I'm just, I just want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for our time together. It, it is precious. And it, it is different. But Lord, it, it it's incredible. You are you are you are you said you would never leave us for, or forsake us. So even in the midst of all the things that are going on, you, you haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. And you are still there, Father. We just thank you. We just thank you. Bless each one. Uh, I just special blessing on, I think it's Julie, who, who prayed today. I was so excited for your prayer, Julie. Just a special blessing on Julian and uh, Henry. Oh, Father, we just uh, we thank you for this day. And uh, all the people said, Amen. Amen. If you're muted, I couldn't hear you. <laughs>